Good morning. It feels like I've been awake for a day and a half because I maybe have been, but it's been absolutely worth it. We start today, obviously, with news that South Africa had their first gold medal of the Tokyo Olympic Games with uh, Tatiana Skunmarker getting the gold in a world record 100 meter breaststroke time. It was fascinating. It was superb. And it obviously was a great tonic to start the day. For the uh, hockey teams, our women were up against Germany, our men against Canada. Um, and today we're going to chat through those. We're joined by Mo, we're joined by Bruce, we're joined by Bridget. A great combination. And uh, we may get a few words from Mr. Brett Tucker before he has to log out and jump in somewhere else. It, uh, it was an interesting start to the morning. And uh, Bridge, I'll bring you in here straight away uh, because... You know, we got up at two o'clock, we were chatting to one another, <laughs> and then we saw the anthem, and the anthem was sopping wet. Um, and yeah, eventually a delay that ended up being an hour-long delay. How much do you think that unsettled our, our players ahead of the game? So I thought, like, it was so moving and in, in, in many ways, I think for both teams, you know, singing your anthem absolutely as flat out as you can probably gets you so amped up and then you've got to die down again, which makes it really tough for the girls to pick themselves up. You know, last game of the tournament kind of mentality, got to keep going. Um, but it was just such a great anthem to watch and so inspiring as, you know, a South African, but also as a hockey player to watch the girls belting it out. Um, so when they eventually did kick off, hopefully that adrenaline kicked in again, uh, and they were ready to play in the mass humidity that was in Tokyo when they started. But yeah, no, it was it was an unfortunate start um, on the pitch, and it I think it did play a little bit of a role because um, it extends your mental capacity and you need to keep focused. But the girls did very well, I think, uh, to keep focused, keep disciplined from stop start. Yeah, Bruce, uh, you've been to two Olympic games. Uh, did you ever experience anything in your playing career like that where you've gone out, you've done the warm-ups, you're about to start, and then uh, you get a delay? And almost a weird thing because you have to go through the whole warm-ups again, but you don't get the anthem again, that little raise. Uh, did you ever experience anything like that? And, and yeah, I mean, what impact did it, would it have had on you? Yeah, Jabu, if I think back, uh, Certainly not at, uh, at a world stage event like a World Cup or an Olympic Games, but uh, in one of the test series, I think in Pretoria with the, with the Lightning. Um, so I think at this level, you, you almost need to prepare yourselves for the uncontrollables. And I think at, uh, at the caliber and the, the players at this level, as I said, need to be prepared for these sort of uncontrollables and, and thunderbolts, if you want to call it. But it's, it's certainly a bit unsettling, but it's, it's, it's an even playing ground for both teams. So I think it's, it's just a matter of mentally staying focused, which is a challenge. Uh, and uh, yeah, I still think uh, we, we did well to, to deal with the, with the delay, but that's sport and that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, what happened then was uh, Lisa Altenberg arrived um, and... Uh, yeah, she fired in a goal within 80 seconds, an absolutely sublime finish. Um, and off the left-hand post and in, uh, they would then add a second before the end of the quarter, uh, the first quarter. Uh, Mo, you were following along. 
I mean, what did you make? I, I start, I felt we were pretty static in that opening quarter. And uh, yeah, we were made to pay by some ruthless German precision. Yeah, absolutely, Ty. And um, I think, you know, obviously there's an element of the break uh, that we've discussed. But I, like Bruce said, I think it's the same for both teams. I think the Germans definitely came out with, with intent um, and they would have wanted to dominate the game. And I think scoring early allowed them to do that. Yeah, they absolutely did. Uh, the Germans would eventually win the game 4-1. Obviously, the humidity started playing a real factor. But uh, there was a really great moment. It was uh, the South African goal. Um, and I, I'm just talking quickly about this. We'll come back and look at the girls in a bit more detail shortly. But... Uh, before we dive into the girls, I want to just quickly touch on the boys because uh, I know that Brett needs to jump off shortly. And Brett, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, another exciting game for the boys, but also a very frustrating game that uh, we didn't come home with the three points there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I, I'd like to hear Bruce's comments on this, but I think today would have been very frustrating. I think this was a game that we, we really believed we were going to win. Um, if you looked at us once again at 2-0 up, we had the game in control. And then we just seem to go through these lapses in concentration. And we're conceding at, at stages where I just don't think we're probably tight enough at the back there. Um, and at this level, as you know, these guys are ruthless in the D. So as exciting as it is what's happening up front, I think we have to, we have to obviously start to focus a lot more on what's going on in the, in the, in the, in the last quarter of the field. Um, I don't think Gareth will be particularly happy with what transpired today, even... Even with the goal in the last uh, couple of minutes, um, I just think the whole way the game flowed, we could have put them to bed again, very similar to what happened against the Dutch. I don't know what Brucey thinks, but I think that would have been my thinking if, we, if I was on the field at that time. Yeah, Bruce, maybe your thoughts there. Yeah, I think I have to agree with, with Dux. I, I certainly felt the frustration. And, I think it's one of those... Uh, moments we always speak about at that stage there's small moments and this is one of those small moments where with two minutes to go you have to be able to to keep the ball out out of the goals and then that for me was probably the most frustrating thing i know the guys would be disappointed as well but this is certainly a learning curve for us uh, we've been in those situations before we've been on the other end of those situations but certainly very very disappointing uh, to to let uh, let Canada back in with, with a minute and a half to go. I think, sorry, Ty, just on that, I think at the moment, I mean, with, with respect, we're not playing a lot of international hockey. So I think this is such a new space for us all the time. So these guys aren't used to being in this position um, very often. So I think that's sort of what's happening. I, I sort of get a feeling like there is a little bit of panic at stages in the team. And as much as the exciting stuff's going on, which is natural flair, there's times when you need a bit of composure. But I think you also need to have been through this before. And, and we're just not playing enough test match hockey to, to have a go at the guys and say, listen, guys, why aren't we, why aren't we calm under pressure? Because we just haven't had that. Uh, like these, some of these guys and some of these teams are playing 300, 400 games for their country. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We just don't have that. We haven't played any test matches in 18 months. So on the other side, I do think we've got to realize that we're just not getting enough exposure to this level of hockey. But, uh, can I, yeah, go can for Can I jump in as well? I 100% agree with what Tux and Bruce are saying there. And I, I also feel it must be an exhausting mental capacity that's required from the boys to have played this morning again, or, you know, morning for us, midday for them. Um, in the sense that, you know, they came off yesterday's high and then play again. And we just haven't been 
doing that. You know, we haven't had a lot of IPTs. We haven't had experience in where we play continuous hockey over and over again under this high pressure. And I think that definitely does take a toll on an athlete, no matter what. If you haven't got that training in the mental space um, for playing and fatigue, you know, mental fatigue and things like that, it also then plays a huge role. Forget the physical. But I, I think it's something that we should look to increase if we can in the future is just that element of, of psychological prep. Um, and getting ourselves playing fit in a mental capacity as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think uh, just to, to round off a little bit on the boys so, so Brett can, can move along, uh, I think what we've seen from the men's side is progress. And that's what we, we ask is, is so often we see the Olympics as the end of process at a major tournament. Commonwealth Games is a year away. World Cup is 18 months away. We are very close in the process. And, and if uh, Gareth is, is given enough backing, if uh, this team is able to stay together, I mean, the only one that I can think of that is definitely retiring right now uh, is the only one who's voiced that is Rassi. Uh, there might be one or two others, but if they can keep the core of the side together with, with a few of those players in that uh, outer squad, um, you know, and, and maybe one of the selectors will hear this. Intent wink wink. Um, but uh, yeah, if they can keep that core together, we're really at the start of pro process and we've made progress and we've competed. But it's now about not throwing everything out and building again. It's about taking this and using it as a platform for success. You know, we need to strike while the iron's hot. We need to uh, also take the opportunity to uh, commercialize a very commercializable team. And, and Brett, I'm sure your call to sponsors must be along the lines of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, listen, already there's been some interest. I was contacted yesterday um, after the game by one or two guys. One guy specifically is quite a well-known businessman in South Africa. Uh, one or two product sponsors came uh, and, and did, did give me a call. I think the reality is we've got to keep doing this at international level because the the country's never going to get behind us unless we do get these results. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg because we actually need the money to improve. Um, but but unfortunately, the guys aren't going to give us money until we've improved. Um, and there's obviously a lot to do with, I think, Supersport coming on board now has been amazing. Uh, I think with Mark Uring involved as a hockey guy, I think we've got to try and maximize um, our relationship with Mark and try and get the sports on TV. Because if you watch the hockey we're playing at the moment, in both teams, it's very exciting. And I think for the first time in a, quite a while, and, and no disrespect to any of the previous teams, but I think that people enjoy watching us. And we're scoring goals. So, yes, maybe we haven't won, but, but I do think this, we've got to keep getting this stuff on TV. And, and if possible, we've got to try and keep eking out these wins so that guys want to, want to put money into, into the sport. You know? And I suppose that's just the way it is. Uh, look what's happened in netball in this country. These guys, are, not only are they getting good money, but they're also winning uh, at the highest level. And I think we've got to look at the smaller sports and see which ones have been successful. Rowing's done a very similar thing. Um, and I think we've got to try and follow that path. I don't know what you guys think, but that's sort of where my head is at in terms of the position that, that I'm holding now. Uh, no, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head, Brett. Uh, it's, it's definitely the, the path I believe we need to follow. And it's one that I... I look forward to seeing us take up over the next 12 months. Uh, Tux, thanks, thanks for joining. Guys, I want to go back. I, I, I did a bit of a disservice, but I just wanted to make sure we could hear from Tux before he had to go. Let's go back to the girls game. And uh, yeah, Mo, the goal we scored was a moment of real, real quality. 
It really was. It was a beautiful passing move. Kristen Payton created space in the middle of the park. She picked up Cornita Bobs, who had made a fantastic leading run. Tony Marks stepped back when the defender stepped forward, created space for the deflection. And, and so, A, let's talk through that goal and the quality of it. But B, why can't we do that more often? Because that would be difficult for every team to defend against. Yeah, Tyron is, I think, just in terms of the quality of the goal, it really was top level, elite level. Uh, but uh, I, I think what is really great about it, I think KP's awareness, the disguise, um, and obviously carried the ball at speed. Really good prep by Bobsy, who first time played the ball to Marty, who was on the far post. So I think it ticks boxes for awareness, for game speed, uh, and for execution. But I think the reality is to play at that level, you need to train consistently and you need to be training at a high level to be able to replicate that um, with any sort of consistency. You know, um, and, I, and I think that comment also applies to the men. Like we've said, really good progress, but what's next? Um, uh, and I think there's enough feedback for both teams to sit down and say, how do we plan for the next phase so that we can be more competitive uh, consistently? Uh, I think that's the goal for both teams. Uh, but I thought that moment for the goals today was a really, really quality one. And it's something they should cherish uh, and obviously take that forward and the confidence to score a goal like that against a really good defensive German side. Yeah, it really is. And, and I think, again, we can't underestimate a, uh, how good uh, that German side uh, actually is. They were the European runners-up. Uh, they maybe haven't quite been at the same level as they were at the Euros. Uh, the humidity is maybe playing a factor on at the heat, but they're a very good side. And, you know, I thought today um, Pumalela got a bit better support from her defence. I thought particularly Taryn Mallet, um, or Taryn Potts, is, as she's now known, Mallet at the tournament, though. I think her dad uh, wanted Mallet on the jersey, and he won over husband. But uh, Taryn Mallet uh, and Celia Serrani. I mean, Celia Serrani showed everybody today just how good she is as a defensive foil. Um, Bridge, you've obviously played against and with some of these girls. You know them well. Um, it, it must have been impressive to see the likes of Taryn and Celia step up in performance. Absolutely, Taryn. I like... It was um, very cool to watch TK, as I call her, but Taryn um, just coming into her own a bit more, I think, on the pitch. Um, she had to step up quite a bit as she's not a senior player, but she's, you know, she's part of the senior in the age group category. Um, and she she showed her, her selection, should I say. She showed her ability to be composed. Um, she cleared on the line. Uh, a great save off the line there. Um, and I think it was the second or the third chucker. And um, she just looked more comfortable and more at ease with her playing style in the defence and also going forward, uh, which I was really chuffed to see. Uh, and I think that for most of the girls, um, just looked more comfortable in their playing style. Uh, even though they played a tough, tough team, they just seemed more um, structured in, in, their, in their disciplines and more, you know, composed and then Celia Celia has always been the stalwarter at the back there she is fabulous to coach she's just such a listener she's such a workhorse 
Um, I've played with and against and coached her and I've always enjoyed it because she just offers so much and always wants to give of her best. Um, so she will put her body on the line no matter what. And again, you saw today uh, defensively getting stuck in, again, making a great save on the line um, to stop a goal going in off Pumi's pads. And she just, you know, someone that I would go to war with. Uh, she's, she's just really, really a talented defensive player. And an absolute leader. I mean, obviously, I've traveled quite a lot with the indoor hockey side over the years, and she's a, a key part of that indoor hockey side. And uh, yeah, it's it's an always a pleasure. She is a humble person. She's also a hockey nerd, and we know that Celia listens um, to hockey, the podcast. She's been listening to all of the Talking uh, Tokyo series over there. Um, and she's absolutely loving it. And look, we, we look forward to having her on to tell us all about her Tokyo experience um, when she can. Uh, of course, after that, the ladies are not done. They've got one game left. And because of the way the results have fallen, they are actually still in the tournament. You know, they've, they've played four, lost four. But because today India beat Ireland, a comfortable victory for South Africa against India tomorrow actually could put South Africa in should Ireland lose their game. Now, stranger things have happened in sports. India and Ireland don't look convincing. South Africa starting to settle. You know, what would your advice, Mo, as a coach be to, to the girls tomorrow? Would you, would you go out there and try and attack from the off and put India in the back foot? Or would you more try and uh, go with the, let's not concede early, and if we're still in with a shot late on, we go for it? Yeah, Sian, I think that's that's a good question. Uh, I don't think the process has to change, to be honest. Um, I don't think there's a need to add uh, additional pressure. Um, I think they need to implement whatever game model they'll be implementing. I think the idea that they need to stay in the game I think that's been true for every game. It's been execution. The one thing that is clear is that India have to get a win. So I think we can use that to our advantage and that's to really frustrate them. I think the thing that Ireland struggled with today is it was just wave after wave after wave. So we need to be mindful of allowing the Indians to have lots of space to run at us. Uh, And I think if we can do that, we can force them to play a different style of hockey so that would certainly be a uh, focus for me. I think, too, um, India sometimes try and force the game, which is where we want them to be, and then there'll be opportunities to, to attack them. So I think it's about timing uh, and, and, and managing the, the flow of the game in, in key moments. Uh, as we've seen, there's very little margin for error, uh, and that's where we have to be really, really tidy um, to be competitive. And the longer that goes on, the better our chances are of being able to attack them and get a result. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times I've been on a Zoom, I still have to click unmute. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We hope so. But uh, yeah, the girls 4-1. Tony Marks, the goal scorer, a great moment of quality and a little bit of uh, happiness for the team looking to cause a little bit of a shock tomorrow if they can beat India and, and rock the system why not? Of course, and yeah, t- go t- for t- it, sorry to jump in there, but uh, just off what Mo said, I think if we can take a bit of motivation off the fact that we got a, a PC off against Germany there, um, 
great save from the keeper on the toe uh, of L- Lillian Duplessis' flick. And hopefully we can execute some more PCs against India. Um, the Indian keeper had a stormer today as well. But if we can do something like that, we might apply a little bit more pressure on them and you know sneak something in and then they really have got to chase the game. So... Yeah, hopefully those little things come together, the things that we've been missing in previous games that I think we did better in this game today uh, that give us a, a glimmer of hope tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before the uh, men kicked off, I asked uh, Rossi Peterson um, to, to give us a little update and a little message, and here is what he had to say. Hi, this is Rasi, SA Men's goalkeeper. Yeah, just a message from the village. We just would like to thank everybody back at home for all the messages from yesterday. Um, yeah, I'm sure everybody could see after the game how much that one meant for us. But that one was for you guys. Uh, we just woke up now getting ready for our game against Canada. So we'll put it out all there for you guys today and hope to make you proud again. But thanks again. So, so Bruce, did they make us proud? Jeepers. Ty, I think the obvious answer is absolutely. Um, one thing these, these uh, boys have shown or has, have done for us is that it's kept us on the edge of our seats every match. But I, I think uh, if we look, despite the disappointment of not beating Canada and conceding uh, at the death there, there's so much positives from this, from this uh, campaign and from the performances from these guys. Um, you know, you, you go to a top 10 uh, finish a top 10 world ranking now, which the boys or the men hasn't been in for a few years. Uh, historic moment in terms of beating Germany. And uh, one thing, I mean, we, we see the support and we hear about how exciting they are, how fearless they are and how dynamic they are. And I think there's one word that can describe this, this team is that, or a phrase is that the future is bright and exciting. And, and for me, you know, I've been privileged uh, to be a part of the, the squad in terms of their preparation. And there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes work that's been done from a mental point of view. We've had numerous uh, online Zoom meetings. And they were real honest and, uh, you know, uncomfortable chats. And that cannot be undervalued. Um, and so for me, these boys have done us so proud. Uh, they've uh, inspired the nation. They've also inspired the youth, the aspiring youth. I mean, we can go on and on, but but I just cannot wait to where to, to see where this is going to take this this group of, of guys. Yeah, I see that uh, the the boys, uh, the Kasim brothers, their stick sponsor Bravo, have released a Kasim shirt, and I think you know what? Well done, because that's going to go like hotcakes. We're going to see the TK shirts, where uh, the new uh, SA shirts, where people are printing the names, and and this is what I love. This my whole journey. Uh, first as All Things Jabu, then later on as Hockey 24-7, and, and obviously now as Hockey the Magazine and the podcast, my journey was about making sure incredible stories got told. And and I, you know, my dream has always been, I want to go past a kid who, you know, talks to me about Austin Smith as his hero, who talks to me about Ryan Julius as his hero, who goes to a shop and buys a Keenan Horn shirt and puts it on his back. That That's my dream. And we're starting to see it come true because we're starting to see kids wanting. 
uh, billion Thule shirt. Uh, you know, when Tevin Cox scored that goal, my son, that, that goal against Netherlands, my son went and grabbed his stick. My son is uh, almost five. He went and grabbed his stick and he smashed the ball into our fireplace because our fireplace is the goal. And then I said, oh, what a goal. He said, no, 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 it's got to go higher because, you know, Tevin hit it into the roof. I mean, these guys are inspiring the future. They're inspiring young people. And, you know, South Africa, we've been through a hard time uh, of late. You know, it's, let's not joke about it. We had a, a, a really rough experience um, that scared a lot of people and challenged a lot of our pride. I can tell you what, these hockey men have restored that pride for many, many people. And, and that's what sports has the power to do. And Tux, Jakes, every one of you involved in that squad needs to look at yourselves and say, guys, well done. Pat yourselves on the back and be proud of, of the work we've done. Mo, you, you, like me, are more of an outsider looking in. What's impressed you most about the men in their journey? To be honest, Han, um, I think it's been the mentality. Um, obviously, I've been to Olympic Games with two different teams. Um, and my sense in the past is we really just wanted to, to stay in a type of self-preservation um, Whereas I feel like this team, uh, and I think credit to Springs, have kind of been given the freedom to express themselves, um, you know, and, and I think that's reflected in how we played going forward. It hasn't been perfect, and I think the coaching staff will admit that. Um, but what we do have is really great feedback to say we're really great going forward, uh, and these are the areas we want to improve on, and I think that's phenomenal. I think, too, Inspiration uh, cannot be understated. Uh, the just social media, even just interacting with people, um, has been phenomenal. And I think they've created something. Uh, and my hope is that we do something with it. That this isn't just a fleeting moment, and that what comes next is better than this moment, this emotion we're feeling right now. And and what what would you say, Mo? I mean. We know that there's currently nothing planned for, for well, Tux and Jakes, you can correct me here. There's, there's no major series planned until the African Cup later this year. Um, so, you know, how do we keep the momentum going? We, we know here back at home, COVID is still uh, a very difficult thing. Our vaccination rate is picking up, but it's still a while. Uh, so, you know, what can we do to keep the momentum going? Well, if I can just speak from our side, I mean, I don't know what from Jake's from your side. The reality is the guys have got to come back. They're going to have to, most of the guys will have to play RPT, I would imagine, the way it looks from what I saw, how I've said. And then I think there's a lot more excitement about playing against us now. Remember, guys, a lot of guys like playing against us because they can come to South Africa um, and they can come to Cape Town or to the Durban or whatever. But it's, it hasn't always been always about the hockey. They've done a lot of their own training camps and there were some games in between. I think it'll be exciting to play against us now. So I think you'll have the, the lure of South Africa and how amazing South Africa actually is to come and tour. But you're also going to come play against the t- a side that's top 10 in the world now and is an exciting side. So I think what will happen is a lot of conversations are happening pre-Olympics and there were a lot of teams we were actually supposed to play, but obviously because of COVID didn't work. But I think those teams will want to come again and will want to play against us. And, and South Africa is not an expensive place to travel to. So I think there will be some exciting stuff that will happen before we get to um, the World Cups and the, and the Commonwealth Games period. Yeah, and, and... It's so funny. I, I've had um, a non-hockey person make a comment this morning 
saying, oh, we're going to get nice um, internationals coming to play us like the Springboks get, you know, because it's going to be exciting hockey again. And this is a, a rugby oak who is not really interested. Uh, some of the girls train with him at boxing. And he just said the first time he's watching hockey and he didn't realize how exciting and how intense it is. And I was like, yeah, this is what this is what we play for. This is what we love. And I think that's exactly what these boys have done. Is that it's going to be internationals are going to want to come here. It's going to be nice to come out and um, you know explore South Africa. It's nice and cheap for the European side, as well as then getting a nice competitive side to play against. Yeah, no, I, I, without a doubt. I think I think the one thing guys must always respect, and I think Bruce spoke about it. The, the amount of work that was done in lockdown with with very little resource was amazing. Firstly, physically, these guys have trained themselves to the the last degree. And I've also got lots of rugby mates who've turned around and said, have you seen the condition that these guys are in? It's actually quite, it's quite amazing. And I think the fact that we look athletic and we are exciting on the field, it's a, it's a nice prospect to have and something we can sell to the public and as well to sponsors. Tux, Tux, uh, uh, on that point you raise, uh, I'm on a couple of other webinars in Europe and, and people can't understand how little training the men actually had going to these games. Like when I tell them, you know, the things that you just brought up, uh, they're absolutely shocked. Um, so I think even outside of South Africa, there's a sense that if we can just put some pieces together, we, we're going somewhere. You know, I, I've had Australians go, oh my word, this is the most exciting SA team I've ever seen. So I think even the hockey community is feeling this emotion for us. Uh, and, I, and I know you, you're really good at getting things done. So I hope, you know, we can put the guys in a position to carry this momentum forward. Yeah, we're going to try. Uh, and it's a nice product now. So we can, hopefully we can, we can make some good stuff happen in the next, in the next short period. It's, it's a, an important statement to make because, uh, yeah, I, I was on a few radio shows yesterday that called me for comments after the, uh, um, after the, the, the Germany game. And one of the questions I got asked is, well, you know, what do I envisage? And I said, I do genuinely believe that if this team is given the resources to do so, they are a medal contender for the Commonwealth Games, which is only 12 months away. If we could do what we could do here with the limited resources that we had, if we can get resources, if we can get a bit better prep, I really do believe we will be in that top four in Birmingham. And then, you know, once you're in that top four, you never know what happens in that semi-final. You could be playing for gold or silver. And why not? Why not get a, a medal for South African hockey at a major international event? I think it's coming. And I think that the best position team currently is our SA hockey men. Just on that, Tyron, as well, I wouldn't exclude the ladies. The reason I'm saying that, from a sponsor's perspective, I think the ladies are vital. Um, and I think South Africans are always producing talented people. And I think the ladies are, are in the same position. They need the money. They need exposure. They need time on the pitch. So I think when, when we go to market and, and people are talking to us, I don't think it's only about the men. Yeah. I think the women have got a massive part to play. And, and the women have been unbelievable at, at periods over the last 15 years. So we want the woman back up there. And I think there's very few sports, if you look around, where a sponsor can have a, both a female and a male audience in that uh, 
in that package. And I think that's one of the few things that the hockey does offer that many of the other sports doesn't offer. And if you look where cricket has gone, how they've tried to improve their female cricket, what soccer have done uh, in female soccer is, is blown off the charts at the moment. And I think it's something we've got to follow that lead because the, the other sports uh, don't have that luxury of having a male and female part to the sport. So I think we must also keep that in mind going forward. Yeah, Ty, if I can also just jump in from a from a a going forward in the process. I mean, it's clear that the Olympics is a pinnacle of most amateur sports and, and no doubt for, for hockey players as well. But as a as a group, as a South African men's group, uh, it was always part of the journey. It was not just the the end. So going to Olympic Olympics is part of the journey. There's still the World Cup, as you mentioned, there's still the Commonwealth Games. So for this group, uh, they've they've put themselves in a really great position. We speak about uh, them now, hopefully attracting, you know, top nations to come and want to play against us. But certainly um, building off, and we've we've no doubt a core, on a large percentage of this of these players will be around for a good couple of years. And hundred percent, we got to start looking at at middle finishing for like a Commonwealth Games and a top six or top eight finish for World Cup. Yeah, Could I uh, jump in yeah, on, in on that as well? So just, you know, what Brett was saying there with um, the dual sort of approach of sponsorship with the girls and the guys, um, you know, yeah, the girls might have had some tough competition and, and maybe battled here and there compared to the guys that have, you know, if we're talking about sponsorship and things like that. But absolutely what Bruce said, the building blocks are in place for future, uh, you know, games, future tournaments, etc. with our youngsters in the girls setup and the guys setup um, where, you know, we've got girls who had three debutants at Olympics and now they're going to go off to the Commonwealth and to the World Cup and have the experience behind them of playing the Germanys, playing the Netherlands, etc. And, and that's that's really exciting because we're getting more international hockey in and we've got a year of real, real, you know, class coming through and a year of opportunity for that class uh, for both the girls and the guys. And I think that's just changes and revolutionizes the whole scope and the whole sale of hockey as a whole, you know, the boys and the girls. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what a great, great community. You know, if you look at our biggest sports uh, look how the two sports have helped each other. If we look at the the example of cricket, so cricket, uh, obviously they had the major sponsorships with the men. Uh, a lot of those sponsors turned around and backed the women, and arguably right now the women are in more marketable and more successful um, team right now. And I won't say that too loud, just in case I cause a war somewhere. But uh, you know that's exactly what's happened. They've attracted sponsors. They've worked together and. Yeah, I think, you know, for years, uh, maybe we've operated each of the four teams as its own, and I'm talking about the two indoor and the two outdoor senior teams as their own entities. And maybe it, there is a, a place where we get a sponsor that sponsors across everything and, and takes over the, the full blanket. But, I mean, that that will come. The reason why we can have conversations like this is because of performances on the international stage. And I think, you know, we give a lot of, hate towards Saskok for decisions in the past. Um, and a lot of those people who made those decisions are no longer there. 
I think we must also give credit that Saskox set criteria. They were quite tough. The men, men achieved this criteria, but Saskox still gave uh, the woman who, who didn't meet it with the hockey series. They didn't make it to that final. They only made it to the semifinal. Um, but as African champions, when Saskox decided if you qualified, you could go. I think the benefit we're going to get from this is great. Bridge, you spoke about it. Mo, you spoke about it. The experience that those young ladies, the likes of Edith Madikwe, um, Lerata Mahola, uh, Taryn Glasby, you know, the girls who are younger in the team, and they're going to grow from this. And in three and a half years' time, when we go to Paris, um, you know, what that experience is going to be tenfold. And we, we've seen that when we played other sides. So, you know, Saskok, you often are on the end of the the bashing stick from the hockey community. Saskok, we say thank you. Thank you for letting our teams go and letting them capture our imagination in the way that they have. Um, Bruce, I just thought lastly from you, you've experienced uh, the Olympic Games. How does it change you as a person when you come back? Yeah, I, th I think it, it certainly uh, uh, changes your your mindset. And, and for me, uh, interesting enough, I've, I've been privileged to go to two Olympic Games. So my first Olympic Games is certainly different to my, my final Olympic game. Uh, my first Olympic game, it, it was really a bit of a, a dream come true because it's your first uh, Olympic Games and you dream of going to this Olympic Games. And when you're there, that's what you've what you've achieved and, and all the hard work you put in. And then the second one was, was slightly different because I've made it very clear that that was going to be my swan song. And um, it, it was mixed emotions because uh, we didn't probably get the result I wanted to, but I knew that was the end of my career. Uh, so the, the, it was quite interesting because you talk about the, the Olympic blues or depression. And I think uh, that is a bit of a challenge because you come back from this massive hype uh, uh, and then you, you come to a bit of a, a downer. Uh, so mentally, it can be a bit uh, challenging. But I think besides that, it, it's absolute privilege to be uh, to know that you're an Olympian. And, and there's certainly a lot of uh, uh, advantages. And, and, and you know, it, it helps you from a mental, how you approach things in your everyday life as well. And, and, and the discipline you need to put in to achieve things. So for me, it's, 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 it's an incredible experience, something you can never take anyone. And you know, we, have to, we have to be proud um, of all Olympians, no matter what uh, results they've, they've come or Olympics, they've been Olympic, an Olympian and they've, they've rubbed shoulders with the best and they are the best of what they could be in, uh, representing the country. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a special achievement. Yeah, Bruce, uh, absolutely. And uh, in closing, Mo, uh, the men's program, one of the things that Gareth has done, he's brought the likes of Bruce Jacobs, an Olympian, Craig Jackson, an Olympian, Sonella Polo, an Olympian. He had uh, Rassi, Clinton, Ozzy, Tim, guys who'd been to the Olympics before. And, you know, they've surrounded themselves with people who have been there. Would you encourage the ladies to, to follow the same path going forward? Uh, absolutely. I actually asked this question to someone else the other day. Um, I, I think, um, particularly with the Olympic Games, if you've never been, 
it's it really is a maze. Um, there's just so much to process, and I think being able to call a Bruce and say, Bruce, can you share your experience? Can you guide me? Um, to be able to call a previous coach who's been a previous manager, uh, I think all those things can help you um, in your process because it is really a steep learning curve at Olympic Games. Uh, but I think going forward, just being able to lean on a Marsha, for example, who's in Europe, uh, I think you'll you'll get her experience, you'll get her insight, which she's shown in the podcast. Um, and but I think that's entirely up to you know the coaching staff if that's something that they want to do. Yeah, absolutely, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, I've been incredibly fortunate to to chat to some inspirational people over the the past eight days. We have another one tomorrow, talking Tokyo. We do day nine, where we wrap up the girls' game against India, hoping to bring you some amazing news as the girls go and knock the Indians out of the Olympic Games and maybe steal a spot in the quarters for themselves. Uh, we will also have a few chats next week with a few people. And uh, if all things work out, let's get uh, some of the men and the women that have been in Tokyo over to come have a chat on Talking Tokyo with some of our, our stars. Bruce Moe, Bridge, and, and of course, Brett, who's had to leave already. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for your passionate love of the game of hockey and helping promote it. You know, the Springboks may have coined it and, and hashtagged it and stuff, but it really is true. We are stronger together. And that applies for us all. Thank you very much, Ty. And Thanks, Tyron. I just also want to say yeah. a big thank you for all the work you've been doing. I think, uh, you know, these these stuff that you've been doing probably goes unnoticed. But uh, just to let you know, it's, it's certainly not going unnoticed. So thank you very much for what you're doing for the hockey community. Uh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Can I just add the last little bit of thanks as well? I mean, you got some of the old hats that I played golf with last weekend, some of the guys, um, and they were like, oh, it's going to be tricky for the boys. And I'm getting messages back after podcasts going, geez, I've got to shut up and get more involved in hockey now. And I think that's what this has created is a love awesome. for the game against, which is just brilliant. So thank you so much for all you do. Uh, thanks, guys. Let me go. Uh... There's um, ninjas cutting onions here, so then you go. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah, All right. Good luck, man. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks guys. Have a great day.